Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. All right, welcome to 2021. It's Gary. We're together. So excited. Before we begin in this passage, though, I want to say two things. Here's the first. During our winter COVID season 2021, we really want to encourage you to find community and take the next step in your place of need. We have so many good options starting uh, around January, mid to late January, uh, including centering prayer, rooted, what we call financial peace university, uh, specific studies for men and women, all designed to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Go to our website, wearepcc.com, click on the grow tab. You'll see all the experiences right there. Here's the second thing. We have something new that we tested in late 2020. After every live gathering, we have what's called the virtual patio. And you'll see that in the chat if you're streaming this live. Join us in the virtual patio via Zoom after this sermon. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, guide us. We need nourishment. We want to stand on the rock amidst tumultuous times. So, Lord, we pray you would meet us here right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, in late 2020, Time Magazine had a cover article that had the year 2020 with a red X put in front of it. And the title said, Worst Year Ever. I wonder if you resonate with that. Uh, That cover is actually in an elite group. The only other times Time Magazine has put a red X on his cover was when uh, they had one with Hitler. Uh, They had one with Saddam Hussein in 2003. And then they have one with Osama bin Laden in 2011. So 2020, according to Time Magazine, is not in great company when it comes to the year. And maybe you feel that. I want to put a big red X through 2020. Maybe that's going through your mind. I want to get on with 2021. I get that. Uh, There has been enough pain and isolation and challenges in 2020 to fill our whole lifetimes, right? But as you know, there's nothing special about turning the calendar page. And while I can't control this pandemic or the rollout of the vaccine or the economy or the pain you may feel because of uh, the dumpster fire that 2020 was, Here's what I can do, what I'm called to do, to lead us all to the one who can sustain our lives through the storm. So today we're going to actually start a four-week series in a book in the Old Testament called Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Uh, It's called Trusting God in Troubled Times. And whatever you call the name of this book, it doesn't matter to me. I just want us in this book to find nourishment for our year. If you've ever faced a difficult situation and you knew God could do something about it, but he didn't, and that confused you, then you'll likely relate to this Old Testament prophet named Habakkuk. Habakkuk was experiencing his worst year ever, and he wanted to know why. Have you ever been there? I've been there so many times in 2020. I'm part of the worst year ever club when it comes to 2020. 
Uh, by far, 2020, I've faced my biggest challenges. I've experienced my most uh, sleepless nights. I've carried the most worry and anxiety and what some call the dark nights of the soul than any other year by far. I've looked in the mirror or in the hearts of my family or in our church, in our culture, and I've just experienced pain and pain. I'd gladly put a red X through 2020. So look at Habakkuk's first words in the book. Habakkuk chapter one, verse two, look what it says. Here's how the book opens. How long, Lord, must I call to you for help, but you don't listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you don't save? And look at the next word, chapter one, verse three. Why? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence is before me. There's strife. Conflict abounds. Here's the question I want to raise for us all in this series. How do we faithfully walk through circumstances when what we see with our eyes betrays what we believe in our hearts? I actually want you to take some time and contemplate or share via chat with someone right now in the live chat. What is your why in 2020? Take 90 seconds and answer that question. Hold on to that why, not only through this whole message, but through the whole four-week series that we're doing. Let's lay a groundwork. Habakkuk is one of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. That means he never played in the majors. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, these 12 minor prophets are minor because of the size of their prophecy, not because of the potency of it. A prophet was someone who would speak on behalf of God in the Old Testament, but Habakkuk is the only prophet in the Old Testament who speaks to God on behalf of the people. Habakkuk took place in the year 600 BC, and it was during the period when God's people, Israel, had become super corrupt. 
I mean, there was violence, there was manipulation, there was deceit uh, within their ranks. So God shows up and speaks to the prophet and says, I love Israel, but they're becoming increasingly evil. And for their own good, I'm going to discipline them. But what you need to understand is, God says, I'm going to take a far worse people, a pagan nation, which is more evil than Israel, and I'm going to use them to destroy you. To which Habakkuk replies, wait, what? Why? Uh, This would be a good time for some Hebrew. Okay, you want to learn Hebrew? Here we go. Habakkuk in Hebrew, and Hebrew is the language the Old Testament was written in, his very name means to embrace or to wrestle. And for four weeks, we're going to watch Habakkuk wrestle with God. We're going to experience tension, drama, plenty of unanswered questions. I mean, if you love those messages that get wrapped up in 25 minutes and give you all the fill-ins for a happy life, you're in the wrong place. That, friends, can be found on the Hallmark Channel. Or the reality is that's heaven, right? This is planet Earth where sin abounds. And as followers of Christ who passionately follow Christ, we're going to learn that when you passionately follow Christ, you wrestle. You wrestle. So with that as a foundation, turn to Habakkuk 1, we're already there, and let's pick it up where we left off. Let's go to a wrestling match together. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1, says the prophecy that the prophet Habakkuk received. A prophecy, this word in Hebrew means an utterance, a doom, a burden. Uh, What God gave Habakkuk was a burdensome message, a message that he's going to say, God, I don't want to say this to the people because I don't see anything good coming out of this message. So Habakkuk, throughout the book, pushes back. He's actually the only of the 12 minor prophets that pushes back to God. And he does so in verse 3 to 5. Look what he says. God, he says, why do you make me look at injustice? Hold on to that word. Why do you tolerate wrong? Look at these two words. Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and conflict abounds. In other words, if this were 2020, the prophet Habakkuk would be saying, God, Why all the racial injustice and strife that resurface and abounds in our country? I thought we were beyond this. And God, why all the destruction on the West Coast through wildfires that devastated, displaced so many people? And God, why do I read on my homepage of violent destruction again and again of lives outside and even inside the womb? Habakkuk's looking around, and he's saying, why? Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 4. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, Habakkuk says. Justice never prevailed. By the way, that would be God's law. Habakkuk's saying, uh, not only are the times evil, but God, you don't seem to be doing anything about all the evil and injustice. 
of the wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. See, from Habakkuk's limited vantage point, nothing is turning out fair. Habakkuk has three major complaints, and I want to summarize them right here, okay? This is worth writing down. He says, God, you don't seem to care. And you're letting all these things go on in the world. You don't even seem fair, God. Where are you? Do you care? That's his first complaint. Second complaint, God, you aren't doing much when you could. And now, actually, there's some respect in this complaint. As if to say, God, you are all powerful. You could do something. Why aren't you? And then the third complaint is this. God, what you are doing doesn't seem fair. In other words, Habakkuk saying, God, if I were in your shoes, I would do this a whole lot different. See, he's impassioned. He's bold. He's wrestling with God. And here's the question I have for us all. Is that okay? Is it okay to say, God, I don't understand? Is it okay to say, God, I don't even like this? Is it okay to say, God, I don't understand? I don't understand you. Friends, when you look at Scripture, it is absolutely fair game to question God in an honoring way. In fact, not only is it fair game, but there is a type of questioning when it comes to your relationship, my relationship with God, that is actually very significant and crucial to our faith journey. Maybe you know that roughly a third of the Psalms chronicle people crying out to God. God, what are you doing here? What's going on here? There's a book of the Bible called Job or another book called Lamentations filled with very godly people who are crying out, God, I thought I did everything right. What are you doing here? In fact, my friends, the Bible is filled with many people bringing raw, authentic, uh, their, their raw, authentic selves to God. You know what that's there? I believe to give us as followers of Jesus permission to wrestle with God. What do you do when what you see with your eyes is completely different than what you believe in your heart. You know what a lot of people do? They walk away from God. And I just want to say that is not the answer. What do you do? You Habakkuk. (laughs) You embrace God. You wrestle with God, trusting that in His omnipotence, that means He knows everything, in His, I'm sorry, He's all-powerful, in His omniscience, that means He knows everything, that evil will not have the final word. There's a verse in the Bible in the New Testament that we're all very familiar with, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, but it's perfect to bring that back to the surface right here. Here's what it says. And we know that in all things God works. I would circle those five words. I have clung to those words when I couldn't see the outcome, any good coming from what I was witnessing with my eyes. In all things, God works. For the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. 
You know, I remember, gosh, eight years ago now, when we brought our fifth daughter home from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. She didn't speak much English. We didn't speak much Lingala. But when Jojo came to us at four years old, she was beautiful, so beautiful, still is. But she was bacteria-filled. And I remember the night, because we went at night, because we didn't want anyone in the blood center at Kaiser Hospital, when we had to get her blood tested, and they took out seven vials of blood from her little body. I have never heard a louder scream in my life. And I was the one with my wife in the room holding Jojo, and she's just screaming out, looking at me, in essence, saying in Lingala, why are you doing this? I couldn't even communicate to her that we're doing this because we love you. And you may not understand this now, but we long for good to come out of your life. (sighs) In all things, God works together for good. I've come back to that experience time and time again as I've looked at God and said, why? And had to surrender, holding on to his character, trusting in his character, even when I didn't understand circumstances. You ask me or you tell me, Do you want to follow a God that you can figure out? I mean, can you trust in the eternal, infinite, good God who doesn't give you all the answers because it would overload your three-pound brain? I know I have to. I have to trust in the same way my four-year-old daughter had to trust her mom and me in that experience. So let's look at God's response in verse 5. He actually does respond, but Habakkuk's not going to like it. He says, Habakkuk, you want an answer? Here it is. He says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe. See, this is a warning. Okay. He says, okay, you want to know? I'm going to tell you, but you're not going to believe me. You're not even going to understand me. Even if you were told. Uh, That word in Hebrew, again, utterly amazed, it means a sudden, shocking, alarming amazement. In other words, God's saying to Habakkuk, uh, when I tell you this, you're going to be knocked off your feet. What is it that's so amazing and shocking that he tells him? Look at verse 6. I'm raising up the Babylonians. Now, let's stop there. I want some interaction, okay? I know you're behind the screen and we're distanced from time and the screen, but whenever I say Babylonians, I want you to look at your screen and give me your best boo, okay? Just try that, okay? Babylonians. Okay, good. That's what the Israel, I'm sorry, that's what the Israels would reply when they read or heard that prophecy. Wait, Babylonians? They would go, wait, we hate them. See, in their day, the Babylonians were the most ruthless, bloodthirsty people the world had ever seen. God says that. Look what it says. That ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places that are not their own. In other words, they're thieves. That feared and dreaded people that are, uh, that are a law to themselves. In other words, they are lawless, right? 
They promote their own honor. Now we see they're narcissists. They're all about themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards. They're fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly in, this is so graphic, like vultures sweeping to devour. They all come bent on violence. In other words, God's saying, here's the intel, Habakkuk. Israel's disobedient, but the Babylonians, they're much worse. And I'm going to use them to destroy you. I mean, if you put yourself in that story, you would be like, God, wait, I don't get it. That's not right. Why? Right? What do you do when you're in the middle of Habakkuk chapter one and you want to believe but you've got so many questions. Can you still be a deeply committed follower of Jesus and hold these questions? Oh, friends, here's something I hope will set all of us free. A deeply committed believer in Jesus can simultaneously express questions and express faith. May that set you free. A deeply committed believer at the same moment can believe and worship and honor God and still wrestle with questions. If you don't believe that, look at Jesus, right? Look at when he was on the cross, completely obedient and honoring God and his will in every way. And then as it becomes sin and God pours out his wrath, on Jesus, he cries out the question of our message today. Why? God, why have you forsaken me? You can express faith and hold questions at the same time. Now listen, we got to land this plane. So let's just finish this chapter or go deeper in the chapter. Chapter 1, verse 12. Watch as Habakkuk simultaneously has faith in questions. That's the wrestling match. He goes back, faith in questions. Here we go. Oh Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, look at this, my, my Holy One. And then he says, we will not die. That's a statement of faith. What he's saying there is, look, you may wipe me out and my generation out, my contemporaries out, but I believe your people and your kingdom will ultimately prevail. That's faith. Then he questions again, Oh Lord, have you appointed them to execute judgment? Oh rock, have you ordained them to punish? Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You can't tolerate wrong. And here's the question, why? Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? God, I believe Habakkuk is saying, but this is difficult. All right, on the one hand, Habakkuk's challenging God. He's asking questions. He's struggling with doubts. On the other hand, you see in this passage, he never hints that it's an option to walk away from God and stop praying or stop following. On the one hand, he says, God, I think you're contradicting yourself. But notice how he's dealing with his doubts. Notice he's not blogging about it. He's not turned to social media. 
for affirmations or likes about his deconstructed faith. No, he's saying, my God, my Holy One. In other words, he's saying, God, I wouldn't be upset if I thought you weren't holy, but you are. I wouldn't be upset if I thought I could walk away, but I know I can't. <laughs> if I can't, and I've been here, oh my gosh, have I been here. God, if I can't figure out life with you, how in the world am I going to figure out life without you on my own? Where else would I go? You have the words of eternal life. That's the wrestle Habakkuk's doing. He's, he's leaning in, friends. He's not running away. Now listen, we're going to venture more into the wrestling match next week. But I want to close by giving us two advantages each one of us has in our wrestling in 2021. Advantages Habakkuk didn't have. Okay, I think this is going to encourage us all. Here's the first. We have the cross. And listen up. On the cross, we see the ultimate Habakkuk. His name is Jesus. The one who faithfully wrestled with God on the cross for us. Who was truly abandoned by God when he became sin. So that you and I would never have to experience God's wrath or abandonment ever. Listen, we may be experiencing our worst year ever, but because of the cross, if you're a follower of Christ, God hasn't given up on us. God is at work in all things on our behalf. Remember Romans 8, 28? In spite of the fact that we don't do things right, in spite of the fact that we blow it and say bad things to God, in spite of the fact that we don't keep our emotional self-control, God is working on our behalf. He won't abandon you or me because our relationship isn't based on our performance. The cross is the once and for all definitive statement. Our relationship with God is based on the performance of Jesus who was abandoned and didn't give up. PCC, I've got a word for you in 2021, and I'm going to say this throughout the year, as long as I'm with you. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Lean in. At the end of this message, Jonathan, the host, will tell you uh, how you can text a number and how you can engage with Jesus. So we have the cross. That's our first advantage. Here's the second. We have community. We have Christ-centered community. Uh, and at uh, our best, PCC, we are a church of men and women who want to surround you and hold space for you in your grief so you can listen, pray, so we can serve with you and uh, serve you as you grieve. Listen, if you want to engage community on our website, wearepcc.com forward slash support. There's a ton of resources there of gifted men and women who want to walk beside you in your grief and in your pain. So let's pray. And as we do, I wonder if there's anyone out there who would say, hey, Gary, there are things in my life right now that make no sense. Not only was 2020 my worst year ever, I'm still living it in 2021. I had a strong faith once, but it's rattled now. And I'm trying to hang in there. I want to believe but Gary, I'm not sure what to do with this because what I see with my eyes contradicts what I believe in my heart. 
I don't know how to reconcile this. I'm in Habakkuk 1. If you would say, Gary, would you pray for me? You're the person I have in mind as I close in prayer. Father, I thank you so much. Thank you so much that this book is so like life. And Lord, in these troubled times, we want to have faith. So I pray you would give us the faith to lean in. Give us the authenticity to wrestle with you. Lord, give us the strength to reach out in community. Father, thank you that we can look to the cross and we can know you would never turn your back on us. We don't understand. We're mere mortals, but we trust you. I pray for that person who is weak in faith. Lord, that isn't a judgment, that's a reality. Would you express yourself, reveal yourself right now? Would you prompt the hearts of the saints to reach out to that person, text them, or prompt that saint to reach out and say, I need prayer. Put it in the chat. Go to the virtual patio. Lord, we don't want anyone suffering alone. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you. We choose you. We open the door. Come in in a fresh new way. Minister to us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.